Welcome to our latest episode of Sunstock, and we have a lot to cover today. I'm Navon's dad. And I'm Navon. And sorry for the delay for those of you who are loyal listeners. Um, I was gone last week, and I think the events of the last five or six days um, kind of put a damper on things. So we had to take a time. I had to take some time to compose myself. I don't know about you, Navon. So, um... We're going to just jump right in with the uh, first thing that everyone knows. The Suns were eliminated at home in six games, and uh, history has repeated itself. Yeah, I mean, it was a really disappointing performance. Um, It's hard to say what went wrong in that game. But again, it's hard to win when you don't have Chris Paul and you don't have DeAndre Ayton, and obviously that's a whole other topic we'll get into. I also think that one problem was the refing in this game. I remember there was one play that um, Jokic had, was getting rebound, given a little shove to Durant, and then Okogi went in for the rebound too, and they called a and Okogi gave a little shove, and they give a foul on Okogi. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that sometimes it seems like it's not fair, especially when you have somebody getting uh, superstar treatment, but at the same time. One bad call or even five bad calls doesn't give another team a 30-point window. The Suns needed to have more effort that game. And not that they didn't. I mean, I think just a lot to get into. I think let's let's start, first of all, um, with um, the performance. And I, I think that, um, that uh, both Booker and um, Durant were exhausted that game. Why do you think that was? Uh, they were because of A... They were just playing a game uh, on mile high of elevation, and they also combined for um, some good scoring that game too. So yeah, but, but they had lost that game as well. Yeah, but they also what they played them forty. They played forty to forty three minutes a game each. You know, so and also Denver's defense was making them really mad. Yeah, uh, I think Booker only had like twelve points. Yeah, and then KD only had like. 20, so. Yeah, I, th- I think they, they were able to figure out a solution to make, you know, I think Mike Lode had decided that he was going to make the rest of the Suns beat him, and, you know, that gets into our bench. You know, our bench, everyone had been saying all season was going to be bad, especially after the trade, but one of the problems and one of the reasons why Monty Williams is probably not the coach of the Suns anymore is that he never really figured out a great rotation yeah. Or the bench. Now, I don't blame him because it's hard when you have Kevin Durant coming in and he only plays eight games, you can't get figure out the right combinations. And those 25 games at the end of the year were supposed to be where he was supposed to experiment and figure out who number six and number seven and number eight was going to be. Um, yeah. And I think the other thing is if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt in game two, we were up by like eight or nine or ten at that time. Do we win that game? And then now you come back to Phoenix one to one, and you know, I, I mean, we don't know. You can just play the what if game all day, but um, it's it, it. At the end of the day, Denver was a better team. Yeah. So um, you mentioned Monty Williams not being a part of this team, which is exactly what we're going to talk about next on Saturday evening. He was fired uh, from the Suns, and then, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm. I wasn't initially a fan of the decision. I get it. You know, your uncle and my brother are is always saying like, "Let's get rid of Monty. He he deserved to be fired after last season." 
And yeah, there definitely were a lot of deficiencies, but it just feels a little bit unfair that the new owner comes in, makes a trade for Kevin Durant, who gets hurt, and it's hard. I don't know if it's easy for him to figure it out, but at the same time, he was up 2-0 against Milwaukee, lost. He was up 2-0 against Dallas, lost. In Game 7 last year, we won't talk about it. In Game 6 this year, we won't talk about it any more than what we already have. So there there might be some kind of element to tuning him out or not really you know, having the right X's and O's. And then um, lastly, I want to just get a quick little wrap on the trades in the offseason upcoming mm-hmm. so let before we go with that do you want to talk about who might be a good coaching candidate now that we don't have Mati? i think that um tyler who would be the best coach for the stars but obviously the clippers aren't just going to give him up like that i think it's going to cost something but if you are going to be trading deandre and then that's enough to trade for one year right and then if you do get a pick in that trade you're trading that pick so yeah, I mean, I, I, I tell you it would be great, but I don't see that possible. I don't think that Steve Ballmer is going to let him go, especially to not just a West Coast rival, but a Pacific Division rival. And a team that just beat them in the playoffs yeah. in the past. Two out of the last three years. Yeah, two out of three years. Yeah, so I, I don't think Ty Lue is a possibility in Phoenix. But if it happens, it's great. Oh, I think of the ones left, you have Nick Nurse. Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers. Mike Winnicles. And then there's rumors about Kevin Young, who was Monty's lead assistant or the associate head coach. So what do you think about uh, Nick Nurse from Toronto? I don't think that's a good fit. Why not? Uh, so the way they do things in Toronto is a lot different than here. Mm-hmm. They have... Pretty much it's one guy bringing the ball up and then you're just looking to score or, like, give it to Pascal Siakam, and that's really it. Okay. And then also the Raptors, they shoot threes. They go in the paint, but they don't shoot a lot of mid-range, and Nick Nurse might have to take some time adjusting to that. Yeah, I think any coach that comes in is going to have to learn how to play with our player skill sets. Um, Doc Rivers, I, I don't want him. I, I any. He's he creates drama everywhere he goes. It's it's not he's not a good coach. Um, and then uh, Mike Budenholzer, I you know don't. he's a championship coach, but he and Monty both came from Greg Popovich, and they both have similar styles in the terms of how they make adjustments. One of the criticisms of Budenholzer within Milwaukee is that he doesn't do a lot of adjustments. I I don't think that Budenholzer was the reason they won that championship. I think it was just the uh, Suns just. Just not playing Suns basketball. No, I, I I disagree with you there. I think it's that they ran into a guy named Giannis. That's part of it. And then the rest of the Bucks team was able to take that energy given from Giannis and just use it on defense to stop Booker. I think that was probably the best free throw shooting game Giannis ever had in his life. But Giannis and all the fans were still chanting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, so um, okay, so now that we're on with that potential lose, so. You've got Booker and you've got Durant. Untouchables. Untouchables. You've got Chris Paul, who is on the books uh, for $30 million a year for two more years. But if the Suns part ways with him before, I think, June 28th, then uh, they only have to pay him $15 million. Only fifteen. I wish somebody would only pay me $15 million. But... Um, you know, and then somebody on local radio, uh, John Gambadoro, was talking about stretching and waving him, and that would open up a lot of cap space. Um, I think the bottom line is, no matter what they do, 
we need a more adequate bench and we need a good rotation. So if you train one of these guys, uh, like DeAndre Ayton, who makes $30 million a year, then you need to make sure that you come back with a group of players who will play and produce. Uh, I think what, uh, what me and you were looking at a little earlier were, was a possible Eaton and Shannon to the Blazers for like a draft pick. I don't think it's going to be the number three draft pick, but it could be a good pick that you could then use to get someone like Ty Lue. Right. Well, yeah. And, and again, I don't know. Like, I mean, let's try to separate Ty Lue out of it for a minute because I don't think that's happening under any circumstance. I think it's just fodder for local radio. Everyone's talking about it. Shams Charnia mentioned it. Who you got to meet, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Shams mentioned it, and I think everyone's kind of running with it. The Suns' number one pick is Ty. But again, he's... I don't see how that's going to happen. So, sure, you can trade DeAndre Eden for a first-round pick and flip that first-round pick. Um, some of the teams that we've heard about today that the Suns could trade DeAndre Eden to, what is Indiana? The the first one, uh, the, Indiana has um, three first-round picks, and uh, I think they have the 7, the 25, the 28, or something like that. And I think it's the 7th, the 26th, or the 29th. Okay, okay. So they got a lot of first-round picks, so could you somehow get two of those from uh, Indiana? I don't know that they'll give you the seventh-round pick for DeAndre, and they already have Miles Turner, um, and they committed to him. So unless it's like a DeAndre for Miles swap plus a pick for maybe. I want to stop you there, though. They had Miles Turner last year, mm -hmm. yet they offered DA the max. Right, but he wasn't on an extension. He was expiring last year. When he did, when they didn't get DA, they, ex they extended that Miles, right? So the thing, though, is like, um, I, you know, the, the one, the dream scenario for me, which, again, this is the crazy one, is could you somehow, and like you mentioned earlier with the Portland Trailblazers, just forget about Landry Shamit for a second, whether he's in there or not, that it's inconsequential. Uh, could you somehow get DeAndre to um, Portland because Dame Lillard needs another superstar with him or another star, I should say. See, uh, yeah, I don't think. And they're not going to pick Scotty Barnes. I'm sorry, Scooter Henderson, excuse me. They're not picking Scooter Hendersons, and they're not going to get the uh, kid from Alabama. So could you somehow flip DeAndre and get the number three out of Portland? I don't know how that would look. And then if you were able to get Scoot, then you get your point guard of the future. And then I also think that going back to Portland, there's also been some rumors that Jeremy Grant might land here mm -hmm. is a landing spot for him. So maybe there's a trade, including DeAndre Hayden, yeah. some picks for both sides and Jeremy Grant. Yeah, that, that would make them, that would make the money work. I think the problem is though, as Suns fans, we would love to see the number one pick play like the number one pick, or we'd love to see the number one pick get us like three or four first round picks. The problem is the last two years, DeAndre Hayden hasn't really done a whole lot to justify getting back first round picks. He hasn't played like, he hasn't, I mean, I think even though he's played probably five times, a, I don't know, I mean, I'm just guessing, he's played three or four times a game with Zion Williams. Yeah. He, he's never looked, DeAndre has not ever looked except for a small portion of his career, like the first pick overall. And I think the only play that showed that he was like really, really good, like an actual first round pick, was that uh, uh, the inbound, the value from yeah. Jay Cotter. 
at the end of game two of the Western Conference Finals in 2021. Yeah, and I think I think the thing is, like, we don't need him to be this massive scorer, but we need him to be aggressive. We need someone that, you know, instead of doing a finger roll when you've got a six-foot-three person guarding you, like Jamal Murray or whatever, and then dunk the darn thing. So at the end of the day, I, I just don't think he has a lot of value, but we'll see. I mean, I'm not an expert, and I'm not an uh, insider, so we'll see how that goes. I think um, before we just sign off, like talking about how DeAndre needs to be aggressive, one guy that was aggressive and maybe can, we can build on in the future is Jock Landio. Mm-hmm. He, um, in the Nugget series, he played better than DeAndre, like, has this whole year, so. Well, no, let's not say the whole year, but definitely the series, you know. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just disappointing. But, yeah, I think also, you, you know, one of the good things about not doing this podcast the night of the loss is you get a couple of days to think it through and think about it rationally. So, Nim, what's our uh, plan for the summer now? What are we are we going to be doing a podcast every week for our loyal listeners, or are we going to be doing something different? I think maybe every now and then, you know, as news comes, okay. we might, like, say there's, there's a lot of news coming out, like, like that. Mm-hmm. So... Maybe once a week, you'd find it surprising how much we actually have to talk about with the offseason and the NBA. And then um, I think in the future, if there's not a lot of Suns talk, we can also go into the NBA. Right. Because that's what's like the what's yeah. the conference finals right now and then the finals and then we'll be done until uh, October. Yeah, so right now the uh, Heat and Celtics are about to tip off. And last night, the Nuggets uh, each went out over the... Lakers, but the Nuggets were basically mm-hmm. down in it. I won a point, yeah. At they, one point, I think I was the only two seconds that I watched that game <laughs> were um, where I just came outside real quick just to watch something real quick. And it was 101, 121, I think, is your score. Well, the Lakers made a game of it, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just don't want to see the Lakers win it. But anyway, I don't want to see the Nuggets either. So I'm saying heat all the way. <laughs> All right, well, that's all for Sun's Talk, and um, although it didn't happen, one, two, three, let's go, Sun's.